0: You know, in a world where we've never been so connected, we've also never been so disconnected. You know, technology is advancing so fast, and while it does open doors for many great opportunities, it also puts up many walls, and people are feeling trapped and disconnected. See, the explosion of social media has changed how we view relationships. And I want to speak into that a little bit this morning. And I want to say right from the start and up front at the beginning of this message, I am not against social media. It is a fantastic tool and there are lots of benefits to it. You know, I use it regularly to connect with family that live in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. And if you're friends with me on Facebook, if you're not, we're not real friends. You'll see the many pictures I post of my two daughters, Cara and Evie. And guys, they're not on there for the likes. They're on there so their grandparents and other family members can see see them, and keep up to date with what's going on. It's great for that, and I use it all the time for that. This morning, too, I am making no judgment or comment on how you guys use social media, but I do want us all to be aware that it has a real impact on how we define our relationships, our friendships today. See, there's two billion people. That's nearly a third of all the people on the planet on Facebook, which is just one social media platform. There are many more. And guys, of those 2 billion people, it's said that 95% of them check Facebook every day. It's currently the, the, currently the biggest growth in people using Facebook are people aged between 55 and 64 and what that means is that for the younger generation, Facebook is no longer cool or attractional because of the fact so many parents and grandparents are on there checking out what they're doing. And I'm sorry if I burst your bubble this morning and if you're in that category. Actually, let's have a show of hands who's a parent and grandparents on Facebook. Yeah, you're not cool. Whatever you think or wherever you stand on on social media, you have to acknowledge that social media is redefining the way we define our relationships. And I'll prove it. For example, I can guarantee you that none of you would have thought about phoning all your friends, picking up the phone, phoning every friend you ever had, had to tell them what you had for breakfast. But now, not only do we tell people and broadcast it to the world, we take the photo too. We photo, we take the photo of our full English breakfast or whatever it is, and it's out there for everyone to see. And while you may think that's a bit of fun, the alarming thing is this. Experts say we're no longer concerned about face-to-face relationships, but instead are becoming more obsessed with our online image of what people actually think we are. So what's happening is this. Instead of social media being a supplement to, uh, to, to relationships, it's become a replacement. See, people are allowing it to replace intimacy, the intimacy of relationships. And so again, what's happening is, while people have more likes, more followers and more friends, they are actually never more alone than before. It's why the following statement I said is true. In a world where we've never been so connected, we've also never been so disconnected. So if you feel disconnected, the good news is there's an app for that. And I hope you realize it's not the Facebook app, because real, authentic relationships are never built from-to-from or screen-to-screen, They're built face to face. Every human on the planet is created to be in relationship with God and with others. So you cannot fulfill God's calling on your life without being in a relationship with him and other people. So many people feel disconnected and struggle to build relationships in society today because we live in a world that applauds independence. We live in a world that tells you not not to rely on anything or anyone. And that, guys, is so far from the heart of God. A God who created us not to be independent, but dependent on him and his people. We're called to be in relationship with each other. And there's nothing so messy yet so beautiful as relationships And the church is the perfect picture of that. People coming from all walks of life, all nationality coming together to encourage, support, and love one another as they seek to follow Jesus. It's where the spiritually dead can be made spiritually alive. It's where hopelessness can be erased, sickness can be healed, and fear can be overcome. Can you risk an amen? It should be a place where it's okay not to be okay. No one should be surprised in church when sinners sin. It's what we are. It's one of the admissions that opens the membership door in the first place. See, we're not perfect and never will be in this life, but what sets us apart from a disconnected and broken world is our relationships with God and, most importantly, each other. And it's through these relationships that we see transformation. We see restoration in people. And I'm living proof of that. As are many people sat in this room this morning. See, 12 years ago, I walked into this church off, off the street, broken and totally disconnected from God. And then last week, at Elim's National Leadership Conference, I got accepted as a minister after three and a half years of training. And you know, in a... Thank you. It's been a long journey. I didn't do that for applause. But in a couple of weeks, on the 1st of July in Birmingham, I I get all Danes. But check this, nearly 12 years ago to the day that I first went to prison. Guys, don't tell me That relationships don't change people. And ultimately, it's Jesus who saves. But often, before people meet Jesus, they meet you. That's why why the relationship you have with them is so important. And of course, it's always Christ in us that they're drawn to. But we have to be a people that show him, that reveal him through our relationships. See, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for many of you in this room. That modeled that. And to you, I want to say a massive thank you. See, your love, your support, your encouragement, and those relationships with me have spurred me on. They've spurred me on. And that's where the beauty of relationships outweighs the mess every time. And I want to encourage you here to keep doing what you're doing. Because you may not know the person sitting next to you yet, or behind you, that may need it. See, God's relationship is the greatest gift he gives us. And then that, in turn, is the greatest gift we give to each other. See, the relationship God gives us cost him everything. And we know that. As Christians, we get it. But in moments when, as Christians, we're disconnected, we can often lose sight of that. If you feel disconnected, there's an app for that. And the app is God's encompassing, embracing, empowering relationship. The app is relationship. It's a relationship that fills us with assurance that Christ is perfect, holy, and righteous, that he's loving, kind, friendly, and helpful, that he's protective, caring, powerful, and mighty, that he's compassionate, forgiving, restoring, and healing. And I really felt that many of you needed to be reminded of those words, to be reminded of the relationship you have with your Savior. If you feel disconnected, there's an app for that. And may you enter again into this incredible relationship that God has for you. Some of you as well need to hear this morning that God is a patient God. And there's some here that are disconnected this morning because the simple truth is you choose to be. You see, the the truth is we can all switch off because we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to listen to what God is saying. We have the nudges. And deep down, we know what it is God is saying, but we still do the opposite. Anyway, I know this. Am I alone? Because I've been there and I've become disconnected myself as a result. You know, the good news is, though, God is continually calling you into a relationship. And I think it's just like the first time. What do I mean by that? Well, we all remember the first time. If we've had that moment, if you've accepted Jesus as Savior, See, for me, I think it's one of the most powerful moments of our lives when me and Dee, and I know that rhymes, when me and D started going out, we'd, we'd, we'd go all out to win each other's affections. You, you do that, don't you? When you like someone, you go all out to try and impress them. Now, nine years later, it's still the same. No, it's totally changed. And and I remember Dee, um, one night we'd start going out, not long after, and it was my birthday. And uh, we were supposed to meet at half past seven. Dee was going to pick me up, and we were going to go out for a meal. We were still dating then, Half past eight comes, and I'm still looking at the clock. That's not news to many people that know Dee. She's late for everything. But half eight comes, there's a knock on the door, and she, um, she, she comes in with my birthday presents. Um, I love uh, Coke, but I don't like fizzy Coke. I know I'm weird, can't drink it fizzy. It has to be flat. So I buy the small bottles of Coke, shake it, let the top off a, a little bit, let the fizz die down, shake it again, open the top, let the fizz go down. It takes forever. That's just a a little bit, uh, a a small bottle. What Dee had had done that evening, she'd sat in the car. She bought me a a two-liter bottle of Coke, and she was shaking it, twisting the lid, then closing it, shaking it, twisting the lid, and closing it, shaking it, twisting the lid, and closing it until it was totally flat and that was all my birthday present was she did get me something else but she'd done that sat there patiently for an hour twisting it and turning it to make sure it was flat, flat. you know every day when we choose to follow God I believe like I have said the moment we first came to him is relived and repeated in his presence see God threw a, a massive party when you came home. And with him, that party continues for eternity. That's how much your relationship means to him. He longs for your affection. He wants you to stay close to him. God never changes and his love never fails. He's the thing, the the picture I got, God gave me. And it may be heresy, but I'm going to say it in any way. The picture I see is God's always there, patiently flattening the Coke bottle for me. He's twisting it, shaking it, twisting it, shaking it, patiently until it's flat. Because he longs to have that relationship with me. What I didn't say is now when Dee buys me a, a bottle of Coke, she shakes it and opens it in my face, goes everywhere. She doesn't. But I want you to know, guys, God's not a God like that. Some of you may have that image. God's there patiently, shaking it, twisting it, waiting until it's flat. And picture that for yourself today. He is patient with you, waiting eagerly and expectantly for you to come to Him. And know this too, like I said, He'll never shake it and let it go off in your face. And this morning, I want to give you three things that will help you build strong relationships with people so, so you don't feel disconnected and, and neither do they. And the first is this, be present, be present. I said before that we build relationships, not thumb to thumb or screen to screen, we build them face-to-face. Effort is required. Time is required. Your full attention is required. James A. Roberts, a professor at Baylor University, has coined the phrase, fubbing, which is a, a new word, a, a new term for the act of ignoring someone with your phone. Fubbing is the combination of the words phone and Snubbing, you've got it. That's right. The art, the combinations of the word phone and snubbing. And I see it all the time, and I'm guilty of it myself too. What this does is it fuels fire to the people feeling disconnected. Because, guys, when we check our phones, when we're with them, when we read a text message, it can signal somewhere else there is someone who is more valuable to them than being present with you. It's huge. So be present when you're with someone. Be fully with them. Step away from your phone. See, relationships, friendships, trust are built face to face. And someone may never open up to you if they think you're disconnected from them, if you're uninterested in in what's going on. Relationships have to be built face to face because presence matters. Think about this. When Jesus called his disciples, he he didn't give them a book and say, there you go, study it, learn about me. No, he said to them, come, follow me. In other words, let's do life together. Let's journey together. Let's wake up in the morning and have breakfast together. Let's go to each community and, and travel together and learn from one another. The best way I can impart my love of the Father to you is to be with you and to have you with me. Guys, let's follow that example and be present with one another. And the writer to the Hebrews articulates this very thing, the very thing we're talking about. And it couldn't be, I feel, more prophetic to our time, our culture today. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 say this. If you have a real Bible, turn there. If you have a phone, leave it alone because I don't want you to get disconnected. I'm joking. It says this, verse 24, "And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. What a great thing that is. I said earlier that I've been really spurred on by you guys, as I've matured and grown in this church. And it's something we should all be doing intentionally. We have to make Jesus known. We're to purposely think, to consider, it says, how we can show his love and goodness in our communities, in the communities where we're placed. And then it says in verse 25, and this is so important, not giving up meeting together. Think of that as face-to-face. And while I've paused there, you know, the words in the Greek for, for meeting together, it's, it's only used, it's mentioned two times in the Bible. And it means let's meet physically, but with a spiritual purpose. That's huge. Guys, we should never give up meeting together. It's why our gathered community here, it's why the church is so important. There's a spiritual purpose and importance to it too. I know you know that. But then it goes on to say, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. <laughs> but encouraging, that's important. Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's not give up meeting together because there is power in presence. There is power in physical presence. There's power when we stand together and walk together together. And I've known that and felt that recently with the difficult time that I've just been through. But I pray this morning that you know that for yourself. You know, whatever situation you may be in this morning, may you know that there's power in presence. And in a little while, we want to pray for whatever it is you may be facing. Because when people come together and call on the name of God, it is powerful. And I really believe that something happens when two or three, it's biblical, two or three are gathered in his name. There's something about his presence that we encounter as we come together. And there'll be an opportunity for that as we close. The second thing is be open. Be open. See, we will never build lasting relationships if we're not open to connecting with people that are different to ourselves. See, it's often a, a safety mechanism, isn't it, that, that we stay close to the people we know. But by doing so, you may be missing out on people who will help you grow. You see, the, the people that have helped me most and challenged me the most to grow are those that are totally different to myself. And we're to celebrate those different to us, aren't we? biblical too. And I love 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because that paints the picture perfectly of how that's worked out in the body of Christ. See, we are one body, but there are many different parts. Each part has a different role, but it's the same body. And all parts are equally as important. We're all different, but we all come together. So you may never know what you're missing out on unless you're open to try something different. Consider finding someone to spur you on that is different to you. Someone with different gifts. Because when we get together and we're all the same, to be honest, it's a little boring anyway. But then as you meet together, as you use your different giftings, watch what God will do. And I've been challenged myself on this recently and I've met up uh, with a number of different people and it's been challenging, yes, but it's been fun. And God's doing some incredible stuff there. So as I've been challenged with that myself, I want to pass that on to you because it's always good to share. The third thing to help you build strong relationships and to keep you from being disconnected is this one and it's huge. It's be honest. You see, there is nothing that builds stronger relationship than when we're transparent with each other. There is no verse for me more powerful in the Bible than James 5, verse 16. And it speaks straight into this. And this is not about God, it's about each other. James 5, 16 says this. Confess your sins to who? To each other. And pray for each other so that you may be What? healed. It's not about God, guys. That is about us as a community. That's about relationships face to face. And how different would you be spiritually if you got together with a a trusted Christian friend and and you'd be honest, you'd be transparent. You'd say, hey, I'm I'm struggling. I've got anger issues. You know, at the moment, my boss is doing my head in and I just want to take him out. That's not me, by the way, because Leon's on holiday and it's, it's all good. Seriously, though, what would it look like if we could share the stuff and get some godly advice, have people pray about it, and then be encouraged in that area too? It would change the community here, and it would change the community out there. Think about how different we would be if we could all be more transparent. And this is a a powerful statement by Craig Richal, it's not mine. It says this, we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect people through our weaknesses. See, it's when we're transparent, when we're vulnerable. It's when we drop the attitude of everything's okay and I can do this on my own. And it's when we say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is where I am. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's the temptation that I just can't seem to shake. Here's where we're struggling in our marriage. Here's the fear that's crippling me. Guys, it's when we're like this that others can say, wow, I'm like that too. I'm struggling with the same things. And it's that transparency that leads to a strong and intimate relationship. You know, some of the most powerful times I've had with God are not during worship times. Sorry, Luke. I did that in the first service. I don't know why. They're not during worship times. But they've been where I've been in an, in a, in an accountability group where someone's shared something that's gripped them, that's had them trapped, that's been beating them up. Beating them up. And as they've been transparent, as they've been honest, the presence of of God has been so tangible. You see, a a broken moment suddenly turned into a holy moment, and you can do nothing but worship God. And I don't know about you, but I long for more of those moments where people are transparent so they can be totally set free. And it's how strong relationships are built. But how, how will this happen? Well, it will only happen if we do relationships face to face and not thumb to thumb. It will only happen if we're fully present in all of our relationships. And then what? Spur each other on. It will only happen if we're open to people who, who are different to ourselves. Who will help us to grow. And lastly, it will only ever, it will only ever happen if we're honest. And we live in the power of transparency. Because remember, people connect through weaknesses. As I asked the the band to come back this morning, I want to take you back for a moment, back to the start of creation, to the time of Adam and Eve in the garden and what happened in Genesis 3. You may all know the, the story well. See, we... Call it the fall, but I'm inclined to call it the disconnection, because guess what? They hid. And what more is hiding than disconnecting? You see, disconnection started with being disconnected from God, but it didn't end there. We know that, and here's the stunning part. When presented with disconnection, God didn't turn his back he made a gesture of relationship. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Genesis 3 and verse 9. And Guys, that's the question I want to leave with you as I close this morning. Where are you? See, disconnection was never meant to be our story. So God started rewriting it immediately. Right now, this morning, you may be swimming in a stream of disconnection. You're feeling disconnected from God, feeling disconnected from yourself, from the culture you may be living in. You may feel disconnected from your children, from your family, from the thoughts of your life or how ministry would work out. Hey, you might be disconnected from your spouse may be disconnected this morning even from your hope your hope has gone you've lost it you may feel disconnected guys there's an app for that and the app is relationship and it's fulfilled in the powerful name of Jesus because he is the heart of the gospel which is for all See, no matter whether you're in the valley of death or on the mountaintop God is lovingly asking Where are you? And he's asking that so he can meet you there. And as we sing this morning, I totally believe that God wants to meet you face to face as you answer that question honestly. And if you need prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to to go to the left hand side of the room to the connection point. There's a bigger space there, a more private space. And would love to spend time praying for you. Be transparent. Be open. Be honest. We're a family here and we want to be present with you. We want to stand with you in prayer. See, maybe this morning that your life feels disconnected from everything. I don't know. It could be this morning that it's your first time in church. You've walked off off the streets too. You've walked in off the streets too and nothing makes sense anymore to you. You're disconnected. You're desperate to find out the meaning of life. What is going on? There's got to be more than this. Well, for you today, there, there is more and that more is Jesus. It's only found in that relationship with him. And again, the prayer team would love to pray for you. Whatever your response is, I want to encourage you to respond because this is your moment. God is waiting patiently. He's twisting, turning. He's flattening the Coke for you. He's waiting for you to come. So let's worship. Let's give thanks to the powerful, to the beautiful name of Jesus. And remember this, disconnection was never meant to be our story. So God started rewriting it immediately and he gave us his incredible song. As we stand this morning, as we worship, we're, we're gonna finish with an incredible song. We're gonna lift the name of Jesus because it's in him and through him that we have our relationship. We have an app for that. So let's stand. Let's stand and the guys are going to lead us in worship. Guys, as we are singing, uh, I want to encourage you to respond, to be present, to be open, to be honest. I really believe there's people disconnected in this room and God this morning is waiting, waiting to restore that relationship with you disconnection is only ever on our part never on his let's put it right this morning